The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are being joined by Mike Zuzalo to start out this week with Global Commodity Analytics. And as we look at this market for the grain side, Mike, which of course is where we're going to dive into, some producers may just need to walk away for the day. Pictures, numbers weren't as pretty as what we hoped to start out on Monday. And hopefully this isn't setting the tone for the rest of the week. Yeah, and I think the heaviest uh, question, the biggest question I got today on a relatively heavy call day, Susan, was not only was the question posed, is it over for the week, but is it over for the year? And I think, you know, producers have gotten used to, understandably, the early mid part of June being the top end. And I think this is one of the things that certainly you kind of awaken those fears when you have a Monday after a Memorial Day holiday um, has already taken place and you're starting to see the early to mid-June crop up with crop conditions once again today expected to be at 79% good to excellent. Uh, and then beans, uh, and that was for corn, and for beans the uh, Reuters trade estimate is 74% good to excellent. Um, I think two things, um, and, and keep in mind a lot of the figures that I'm going to throw out during this uh, this uh, Fontenelle uh, uh, market talk we're doing, and, and uh, I think is, is important to keep in mind that a lot of these figures are going to be on the website blog tonight on my website, so take a look at that, sign up for a trial. and I think the reality of a real and lasting trade war with agriculture right in the dead center in the crosshairs has finally hit both the cash and the futures markets and the grains. And I think not only did we have a commodity-wide sell-off on Monday while the equities made new highs, and that's kind of an earmark or a footprint of a deflationary market coming back in the trade, and the fear starts to rise that we're going to lose demand, but the equities and the interest rates are going to play very favorably in this kind of an environment or more favorably in this kind of an environment, but you also have this issue of the trade coming in and really starting to hurt uh, hurt in a meaningful way and take prices down substantially compared to where we were six days ago. And so to get right around to it is I don't think it's over. I don't think we have the same structure as we've had the last three or four years to make a mid-June high in corn a lasting high we never see a, a rally again mainly because i still feel as though the wheat market and the supply in the wheat is shorter than it has been the last three or four years the corn supply is shorter than it has been in the last three or four years and we still have some weather ahead of us, not just here in the United States, but in other parts of the world. You know, I'm curious, because obviously we haven't seen the numbers for this afternoon in the report, but having that 78% like we did last Tuesday, did it kind of catch you by surprise that we had such a good to excellent already? Yeah, I thought it'd be five points lower than where we were last year uh, at the time, um, just because uh, I know there were some states that got in late last year and had a real struggle with cooler weather. Um, but I felt also that there was so much left to be planted in the upper Midwest, and you know we were making good progress. But I had talked to clients from Minnesota 
into the Dakotas, across Michigan, into Ohio, actual corn bean clients that were producers that were saying, I just got wrapped up, and that was the day of the actual report. So to come in with such a good to excellent number, um, I just have to assume that the USDA is not counting what has not emerged yet, and that's why we had such, why my numbers got blown away compared to what I was expecting. And now we've got some decent, I mean, we've got some obvious some weather issues, but for the most part, some decent weather. When we look to other countries, I mean, I'm talking Russia to China to even Australia, there's some global weather concerns that are out there. There are, and I think this comes on the top of what we're dealing with in South America. We're here again. We're on June 4th, and we're just right around a week away from getting updated South American corn and bean numbers. And attache people for the United States Department of Agriculture have been busy writing reports, and uh, it sure seems like we're going to lose some corn again in Brazil and possibly again in Argentina. Um, But, you know, you've got the Hilongjiang province, of China in northeastern China. Uh, It's going to produce probably around 13% of China's corn crop for the whole country and about 40% of its soybeans. So it and Jilin are extremely important, the two most important areas of China for me, because when that northeastern belt gets hit, all of a sudden it cannot feed the southern parts of China that's the area that we can export into and get some demand out of if they have drought in the northeast section of that country. And so we're looking at Longjiang, looking at a very substantial drought that's already started. Um, We're looking at high temperatures again and very little rainfall again from June 4th to June 12th on most of the models. And I think since the end of May, certain parts of that province Um, have only gotten about uh, 20% of the normal precip. So you have that, and you have Eastern Europe, and you have Ukraine and Russia and even parts of Central Europe that are really begging for some rainfall uh, at this stage of the game. And then you still have Australia sitting out there that's supposed to get rains, but they're coming off of an extremely bad drought, kind of like what we're dealing with in Kansas west of me as they've had several years in a row of just barely able to get a crop out and an average crop out because the rains came just in the next time this year may be the same but it's it's a tough call right now so why i know we got to head to break here quick but and maybe we have to continue this after the break why is it being so ignored say that again susan why is it being ignored why aren't we talking about it as much in the markets well, I think it just goes back to the market right now believes demands falling faster than supply because of these trade issues, and I think you can make that case in the soybeans um, because of the Chinese, um, but I don't think you can make that case at all uh, in the case of the corn. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, where Mike Zuzalo is joining us with Global Commodity Analytics. And we look at the way the markets have been trading. We don't think as much about um, barge shipment this time of year like we should. And there's some freight concerns, which is causing some some decreases in what our producers are going to see. Yeah, and it's not demand-related from what I can tell, but you're right. The river terminals have been on a steady and gradual decline. Monday it was much more of a sharp decline for both corn and beans. Uh, several, A uh, couple places in Illinois like Savannah and Seneca, uh, corn basis down 6 to 10 cents, a bean basis down 8 to 14 cents, Davenport, Iowa, 
down a nickel in the corn and down five in the soybean, Susan. And we're now back to, and for the case of Davenport, we're back down to a 32 under spot basis for corn and a 40 under spot basis in soybeans. And so in corn especially, that looks a lot worse than what you would think given the fact that we did another 61 million bushels of export inspections on Monday's report for the exports. And we know the ethanol demand has stayed very, very strong. We know the ethanol plants are very nervous and probably trying to trim some of their corn supplies because of this new talk of the EPA coming out with a biofuel change and the RINs being uh, adjusted in favor of maybe not blending as much ethanol uh, on physical uh, bushels of uh, corn and maybe more on on the paper RINs. But when you look at the rivers, I think the thing that uh, I'm starting to pick up and hear from some of the cash merchandisers is the freight rates are getting high enough that they're starting to really hurt uh, the uh, break-evens for the cash merchandiser. And so we're starting to feel that on the farm now in the form of a weaker basis. And specifically, um, I'm hearing the rail is getting a lot more expensive. Now, is that due to increased demand? Uh, not so much. I think it's just a, uh, a problematic uh, misplacement of cars in a lot of areas. And agriculture, in the words of one fellow I did a meeting with last week, agriculture just seems to be uh, the one that gets the last of the rail cars because there's other areas that, uh, like coal, like oil, that uh, are going to be more profitable for the railroads themselves. So maybe the Canadian Pacific strike also has uh, caused some problems in certain parts of the country as well. I think it's something we got to watch because you don't want the futures and the basis to go down like this together, and you've got to figure out which one's going to pop first. And right now I would say, if the weather market doesn't come back in the futures market, then I'd be looking for the cash market, especially in the corn, and the basis in the corn, to find some real stability and strength maybe in the next 20, 30 days. So that's something to keep a real close eye on. Are you nervous because exports have been on such a quieter standpoint than what we've normally seen? I mean, I know China is making some purchases, but nothing like we've seen in the past. No, and I think this is where you're going to have to deal with that in the upcoming supply-demand report, especially in the wheat and especially in the soybeans. I think after last week we saw the bean-corn ratio jump to its highest level since mid-April and essentially wipe off all of its losses against the Deese corn uh, uh, that we put in place in May. This, I don't think, makes much sense because while we're keeping up with the corn demand and we're getting fewer and fewer competitors out there and barley's getting tighter, sorghum's getting tighter, around the world as well as the United States. It looks a lot more promising for the corn than it does the soybeans yet, and, and we don't seem to have that soy meal-led rally anymore, led by the Argentine meal, led by the Chinese demand, and led by the Rotterdam demand. These things, I think, work against the soybeans. So I'm still on that mindset that if we want, you noticed in the month of May, we saw the soybeans get up to 1040, 1045. That is a strong, strong resistance level for the last three months, uh, excuse me, the last three years to close above on a monthly basis. So if you want a bull market again in the beans, you need to close those lead month beans above 1045 on a monthly close. Then you can start talking about upside potential that's worthwhile reowning or defending. Until then, I think you're really waiting for the corn and the wheat to take you higher again if you're the soy complex. So sell rallies more aggressively in the soy. Knowing what your crop can produce now that we've got a plan, don't overdo it. If you're going to do you know, more than 60% or 70% of your expected production, start using paper positions in case you get caught in a dry spot. Head over to the livestock side. I'm curious, cattle market 
Is this going to set the tone for the rest of the week with some positive numbers? Yeah, you know, I was thinking that the cattle market would have a much more difficult time because the hog market would have a much more difficult time. You'd asked me the question last time I was on Final Bell whether we'd get July hogs up to 80 bucks, and I didn't think so because of the problems with the trade in NAFTA. Well, look what happened. The July hogs went straight up right after I said that, and so I think you've gotten a, a market that has been able to take on a lot more favorable news um, and, and kind of discount negative news so now it's going to get, I think, harder for the hogs to go on higher. This may play um, a, a bigger role in the cattle. Having said that, we should see a dip in the production, the weekly production, uh, during the month of June before we recover. Best way, Mike, for folks to reach you to talk more markets? Well, call, call in at 866-471-2588 if you need specifics on what we talked about. Otherwise, go to the website, sign up for a trial at globalanalytics.biz, take a look at some of these numbers that uh, we talked about today, like the fact that we're down about 70% in the soybeans in the last five days. It sounds good. It is the Fontenelle Vinyl Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.